everybody. We are live. Welcome to the Parent Teen Mindset Show with Forrest and Bo. We've got some very special guests. Super excited to be here. As you know, we're all about having a conscious conversation to support parents, to support teens, to support young adults, which in turn supports and transforms our communities and our world, right? So we're here to make a big impact and to change the world in a big way. And it starts with us, right? It starts with the person right here in front of us, you, who are listening right now. So we're so, so grateful, so grateful for you to be here. Um, we've got some, like I said, some incredible, incredible guests. Um, Bo, how you doing today? Yo, I'm good. I'm good out here on the East Coast. Uh, I want to tell you, thank you so much for getting this thing to like 9 p.m. instead of 9.30. You're helping me out. <laughs> you know, you're helping me, you know, my home life out. So thank you for us for doing that. And I just want everybody to know, you know, we start off the show like this. If you hear something that touches your heart, if you hear something that moves your spirit a little bit, don't push it away. This is for you. Share it. And I'm super excited because today, you know, we talk a lot about mindset with teens and parents. Well, we have a, a couple of special guests on today that have been through the ringer. And not only that, they're serving others because of some of the challenges that they went through. When we say that your challenges are your best curriculum, I'm going to tell you right now that this is a lineup that's going to show you exactly what that means from all across the, the spectrum. OK, so we, I can't wait to get into it today. And Forrest, if you want me to, I can go ahead and introduce our nonprofit of the month because this is what we believe on this show. Okay. We believe on this mindset show that service not only equals healing, but service creates this uh, mode of reciprocity that just creates and changes environments. It changes communities and it changes lives. And, you know, our special guest, Marianne, she runs the, she is the director of the One Voice Foundation. And I met her years ago on a fundraising trip on a boat in Tampa. <laughs> we met each other on a boat and we, we set up the silent auction for her. And from then on out, we have had a wonderful partnership because her foundation provides emotional, educational, and financial support for families affected by pediatric cancer. And I have had the very fortunate opportunity to run team building events with her you know, work with their siblings that have lost brothers and sisters to cancer, work with the wonderful warrior parents that we're going to get into. We don't talk about parents that have lost a child to cancer. I truly believe after serving in the, in the military that they are the true warriors. They are the unspoken warriors that just carry the flag for their families. She's going to talk about that and some of the issues that they face. She's going to tell her story. And I know you guys have done such amazing work, Marianne. So please, let's give her a big round of applause when she gets on here. All right, all right, Thanks, all right. Guys. Thank all right. You. Thank you for that incredible introduction, Bo. Thank you all. Thanks for having me and for listening. Uh, the One Voice Foundation is in Tampa, Florida. We serve seven counties in West Central Florida for all pediatric cancer patients. It doesn't matter what their diagnosis is, as long as they're diagnosed between birth and 21, they're eligible for all of our programs. The One Voice Foundation has four major focuses. The first one is our family support programs. We provide for all members of the family, as Bo mentioned, our siblings, our parents, our grandparents, all the financial and emotional support that we can. I'm a pediatric oncology social worker and a bereavement counselor. And that's my background and started all of these programs. Our second focus is pediatric cancer research. We fund and operate the only pediatric cancer research lab um, in the Tampa Bay area. Dr. Tebby, who receives no compensation, works day in and day out, and he's working on the vaccine for leukemia. And you can imagine how exciting that is right now and when you can't turn your TV on or read the paper and not hear the word vaccine but this is something that he's been working on very, very 
closely and is doing very well, exceptionally well. Uh, we're just about in phase five, which is very exciting. We'll go to human trials very shortly. So it's very exciting. Our third focus is legislation. We travel to Capitol Hill. I take 10 or 11 of our families. We testify before the Congress and the Senate. We ask for more money and funding for pediatric cancer. Right now, if I was to hold up a cancer research dollar, four cents goes to children. 96 cents on a research dollar for cancer goes to the adult cancers. So there's a national campaign called More Than Four, and the One Voice Foundation represents the Florida families on this very, very important effort to, to raise more money for children. People say it's rare, they don't think about children getting cancer, so the money goes to the adult cancers. Our fourth focus is the One Voice Academy, which we will be opening very shortly, and it will serve as the very first school in the United States for children with cancer. So we're very excited. Bo has heard nothing more in the last 10 years about this very special project. Um, I am entering my just about 30th year of being a pediatric social worker here with cancer families. Three years into my own career, my nine-year-old son was diagnosed with cancer and he was diagnosed nine hours after my dad. So my dad was diagnosed at 10 a.m. and my son at 7 p.m. on the same day. And again, I thought I knew a lot about pediatric cancer. I thought I knew a lot about cancer. But when you go from the staff lounge at the hospital to the parent lounge at the hospital, it's a totally different journey. And, and from that journey, um, obviously it changed my whole perspective. It, it changed how we offer programs. It changed the different programs um, that we do offer, um, which ironically, I guess, is the only word I can ever come up with, um, being a bereavement counselor, and then my son died, did die six months later, um, I really, really did a lot of research on bereavement and grief issues for parents that have lost a child. And one of the things that strikes me is um, when you go to fill out a form, you kind of know what box to check. So if I check a W, you know I'm a widow. You know, If I check the D, you know I'm a divorced. But there's really no box to check if you've lost a child. You know, Webster doesn't even describe a word for the loss of a child because it's incomprehensible for most people to even think about. So we have developed the Voices of Angels, which is actually now a national bereavement program. We uh, travel to D.C. and do a whole national grief work, uh, workshops as well as now online with the pandemic because there's just not a lot of resources and a lot of, a lot of people that want to talk about it except us that are bereaved. So um, the bereavement program has become very popular. Unfortunately, it's getting larger and larger. Currently and statistically, we lose probably about 20% of all children who are diagnosed with cancer. One in 285 children are diagnosed with cancer before their 20th birthday. So I don't think that's really particularly rare. 46 children are diagnosed every day. Um, basically a full classroom of children are diagnosed every day in our country. When I started, it was 41, and then it was 43, and now it's 46. So actually, the incidence of pediatric cancer is increasing um, in the 30 years that I've been here. So bereavement is a big program for us. But we also do the sibling program that Bo mentioned. We have a toddler program, which is really a very fun little program for children that are five and under, because clearly they're not going to go to the daycare centers. So we specialize in uh, 9 to 12 with our little ones. We have a cancer survivorship program. 
We have 13 amazing horses. Bo has been out to the farm. Uh, we do a lot of equine therapy with the children and with the families. It's a very powerful program. Um, horses are amazing, magnificent beasts who are very perceptive on feelings. You'd, you'd be amazed um, at how powerful that is. The children also do their physical therapy and occupational therapy on the horses. So that's a very popular program. We tutor the children. We have a cooking for a cure. We teach them life skills. Um, sometimes when children have a lot of radiation, a lot of cranial radiation, they're not going to be college bound. So we do a lot of life skills and both come out and done some work with, um, with our, our survivors, which has been really very special. We also have our music therapy, art therapy, all of the um, complementary therapies. When the pandemic hit, um, it was a real, I kind of want to say hold my beer as an oncology mom, because we mm. don't but live in masks and antibacterial soap and social distancing. Right, right. You know? yeah. And it, it's kind of what we do, and it's kind of what we've always done um, with our program. But we were able to transition seven of our programs out of the 25 to the virtual format. So now we're doing a lot of things um, online as well. So that is really, really important to – there's so few things they can do on treatment, and then the things that we offer, we had to kind of make sure we were still meeting their needs because we have about an 80% divorce rate. We have families that fall apart. Uh, we have sibling issues, we have marital issues, we have financial issues. Um, this hits and it hits hard. Oftentimes moms and dads, um, you know, come passing ships in the night. And I know you're gonna talk about dads and I, I do, I have a very special place in my heart. Even though I did get the divorce and did go through the financial ruin, you know, I spend a lot of time with the dads. And um, I think there's this notion that, you know, they're doing okay, they're back at work. Well, I mean, they have to go back to work. That's what pays the bills and that's what keeps the insurance coming in. And that doesn't mean that they're doing okay, you know. So we, we have a lot of struggles with our with marriages in our in our pediatric cancer community, unfortunately. Um, we pay a lot of financial bills for the families. It's our largest program. We pay rents, mortgages, um, car payments, insurance, co-pays. Um, a lot of families who might travel out of town, they may receive treatment in New York or St. Jude's, so we help with transportation as well. So it's whatever non-medical need they have. We are non-medical 501c3. We don't, we're not doctors or nurses, um, but we're the phone call at 11 o'clock at night and um, whatever the family needs. And if we don't have it, we'll find it. Uh, we have one employee, myself, so we're able to put the majority of our money, all of our money really, into um, our programs and our research um, to be able to help the families and not have a big overhead. Um, so that's that's pretty much it. There's a lot of programs. Wow. I encourage you to um, to check out our website. Um, we've just updated it through the pandemic because we had to change so many things. Um, but we offer every, like I said, we, our philosophy is that the entire family is diagnosed, not just the child. So yeah. our, our programs are designed to meet the dads, the moms, the siblings, grandparents. Grandparents are spending a lot of time raising children so moms can work and dads can work. So um, they come to all our support groups as well. Well, Mary no. Ann, we, uh, we put the, uh, the link uh, to donate into the uh, chat Thank box. You. And then we'll oh, also put it, we're going to have the link, you guys, in the show notes. So if you go to the show notes of the podcast, the link to donate, to learn more about One Voice Foundation will be in there. Marianne, you are an thank earth you. angel. That's why I'd like to call you an earth oh, angel. Thank you. Like you were really sent, I think, from heaven oh, to really take care of all these 
uh, kids, you know, and uh, I have some some friends who, as teenagers, overcame cancer, and one of them in particular goes all around the world. She's a published author, and she's an inspiration. Oh, wow. She's an inspirational coach and speaker, and a cancer survivor. I'll have to connect you guys, but um, I would love yeah. that. I would love that. That really helps with the kids and the families as well. Sure. Oh, that's a, that's a huge connection. Forrest, but, thank uh, you so much. But yeah, thank, I, you. I just, thank you so much, Marianne. Thank and, you and all Bo, so much. Uh, you, yeah. you were going to say, Bo, I'm sorry. Yeah. And what I want to do is see, that's like the holistic type of services that they provide and seeing, seeing them do it on the front lines and being there with families when they really have nowhere to go and nowhere to turn and to see how they maneuver within the community and help. You know, I think Marianne, you said there's somewhere around 800 families or so just in our area alone. Yeah. And my database. Yes. Yeah. So the 800 families guys that are listening to this in west central florida 800 families that are affected and if, like she said it affects the entire family from finances to interpersonal relationships to you know just how it affects their job and everything else and i want to let everybody know listening here today that you know um this is why we're here is to bring people to light like Marianne and the organizations that they have and i just want to tell you so much thank you for coming on today and uh we have something really cool that we're going to announce next week, guys. So, hey, everybody that's watching today, tune in next week. Marianne has a huge announcement that's been in the works for almost a decade. This has been in the works for a decade, people. And you you have to listen to this because there's no one else in the United States is doing it. And that's why I'm so excited to bring you guys on as our first nonprofit. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Marianne. Thank you. Bye-bye. See you next week. Okay. See you next week. Bye-bye. All right, thank you so much. All right, so um, that was incredible, you guys. I, I had so much, uh, it, it made an impact on me learning about that. I love learning about these different organizations that we come across, and people like Mary Ann are one in a bazillion, right, that really give her whole life to helping other people that are um, vulnerable, that are uh, unfortunately, um, you know, hitting this disease. I can't understand how a parent would go through it, you know, because I have three kids of my own. I, I just can't understand how a parent can really go through it, but I just commend commend you once again. Um, we go into our um, our star of the show right now. Our star of the show today is all about um, from from a beaten dad to a best dad, right? We're going to talk about transformation. We're going to talk about um, a story of overcoming, right? Because we all have that in us, and we all have failures and and we all have these cycles of needing to overcome and having breakthroughs. And we're gonna discover through this story an incredible breakthrough and then get some real practical tips and strategies on fatherhood, how to show up as a father, how to show up as a dad, how to set your kids up for success. So I'm super excited. Our guest, uh, best-selling author, co-authored with Brian Tracy, uh, his book, Transform Your Life, Business and Health, He's a trainer of trainers, y'all. Keynote speaker, former director of sales for Peak Potentials, one of the largest business and personal development companies in the world, founded by T. Harv Ecker. He shared the stage with the best in the world, people like Deepak Chopra, Tony Robbins, Mark Victor Hansen, Peter, Peter Diamantes, and others. Um, his trainings, products, and services has, have generated well over $20 million in gross sales. He's an Ironman athlete. He's a father and husband. Welcome, Dr. Andreas. Betcher! Hey! Hey, you got it right. Well, thanks for that very kind introduction. It's great to be here, guys. It really is an honor. Thank you. Awesome, awesome. So, Dr. 
thank you for being here. Thank you for your time. The first time I ever uh, was exposed to you was in Del Mar. You were doing a speaker's training. And since then, um, I took some of that and I actually spoke on a Tony Robbins stage on a teen event. And I used some of your techniques. And so I wanted to thank you for, you know, just, just being so giving and, you know, passing down your wealth of knowledge. I really, really appreciate it. Well, you, you make me proud as a student who's now taking his voice and amplifying it and making a big difference around the world. It's, it's, it's what I do this work for. So congratulations yourself. Mm, fantastic. Fantastic. So um, I wanted to, you know, position to this into your story of overcoming, and I don't know how you wanted to open that up, but I'm going to just pass the mic to you and allow you to take it away. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. And feel free to cut in wherever you like, you know, I can talk all day. Um, and sure. certainly for the audience, I really want you to buckle up for a moment because this could literally change your life. And it's not because I'm anything special. The introduction is kind. I'm just an average kid who grew up in an average home in a small town outside of Richmond, Virginia, and blue collar, hardworking parents who just taught me a work ethic and a standard for myself that I continue even after their passing to strive to live up towards. Now, that doesn't mean I was always successful. And uh, as a child, I, I learned a lot from watching my dad and the standards that he set from himself. And he was tough and he was hard. I was raised in an old school home and a, a school of thought where you take personal responsibility for your lot in life, irregardless of what life throws your way. And listening to Marianne's story, she's an embodiment of my mission today in so many ways. You know, I've had my challenges and I've had my obstacles and I'll go over them in just a minute. And some of them are going to be absolutely pale in comparison to what some of you may be going through right now. Uh, and of course, without saying what Marianne has experienced in the loss of a child, I, I can't even fathom the idea of losing a child. And but she's used what I call the power of transmutation. And it's a chapter out of Think and Grow Rich written by Napoleon Hill. Now, he refers to this chapter in terms of sexual transmutation. But I've taken it a step further um, in terms of being able to take a negative event in your life. Naysayers, self-doubt, fear, worry, anxiety, stress, low bank account, you know, loss of job, loss of business, loss of wife, loss of you know, family, divorce child and say, okay, this is where I'm at. Now, what are you going to do with it? And you can take that energy because it's energy at the end of the day. And you have the ability to use that energy as fuel to lift your wings or to bog you down. And you make that choice. And I learned that through my own personal experience because, you know, my father, I grew up in a German household. And as Germans, we were taught, um, you just don't cry. You don't show weakness. You're tough. You're strong. You find a way. Everyone leans on you. I don't want to hear your stuff. And so I was raised under that element for a long time. And I was very proud. And I became very successful, I think, as a result of that. Um, I took myself through chiropractic school uh, and became one of the most successful chiropractors in the country. I was seeing 80 to 100 patients a day, teaching health and wellness and nutrition and supplementation, exercise and fitness, and of course, chiropractic care. And, and by many accounts, had a dream. 
I had the income, I had the family, I had the children, I was competing in Ironman triathlons. I was excelling in every aspect of my life. And in a lot of ways, I was arrogant because of it. And in 2007, I sold it. I uh, did a lot of investing in real estate in the hottest markets back in 2007, Florida and Arizona. And then, of course, you know what happened between 2008 and 2010. Mm. And so as a result of uh, being over ambitious, if you will, I lost it all. I had a former uncle-in-law who stole $750,000 in cash from me. I was sued by the banks for over $2.5 million in debts while they were being bailed out um, and forced me into bankruptcy. I went into divorce. Um, I landed in emergency back surgery. I couldn't even practice anymore at the time. Um, I had three young children to feed. I had moved to a new city. I had lost all my so-called friends. Um, and all this happened within a year. And I'm not going to kid you. I had some dark moments. I thought, you know, I went from Ironman triathlete to aluminum man overnight. I, I, could, I could run an Ironman one day, and then the next day I was lucky to walk 10 minutes down the door, out the door. And so what I realized in that time, because there were moments I didn't want to live anymore, that I thought that my best years were behind me. Well, that's it. I gave it a run, went for it, didn't work out. And I was very close to that in that um, that decision, if you will. Mm. And so when I realized is that I had my identity wrapped up in all of the wrong things. My identity was wrapped up in my cars, my home, the country club membership, the income, right? Being an Ironman triathlete. And then when that is taken away from you and your identity is wrapped up in all the wrong things, you've got nothing left. And I think for me, that was the biggest lesson that I learned is that I had my identity in all the wrong ideas and that those ideas were contributing to the psychological point where I was in my life. And so the challenge that I have for anyone that's going through some difficult times, and I'll go over some ideas and strategies to push through some of this in a moment. But mm -hmm. what I realized is that you know, and, and I told this story to a friend and in Forrest's kind introduction of some of the speakers that I've been able to share the stage with, there was still a part of me that was hanging on to a glimmer of hope. And that's all you need. You just need a sliver, mm -hmm. enough that you can see somewhere at the end of that dark tunnel you might be in. Mm -hmm. And if you hang on to that, anything can still be possible. And here's what I mean. I made a promise to my then girlfriend, my now wife, who I'm happily remarried, by the way. So, so I'm going to bring you out of the darkness. In a Congratulations. <laughs> That's awesome. I'll bring you out of the darkness here in a moment, because I know a lot of people are going through a lot of stuff right now. It's been an incredibly difficult year for all of us, for all different reasons. All right. And so I told this story to Darren Hardy, who's the best-selling author of The Compound Effect. And I, I promised my wife, I said, you know, I don't know how, but someday people are going to know my name. I just had that belief that somehow I could turn my mess into a message. Like Mary Ann has, like many before you, like people that you know, we have as a choice. 
Now, I could have told that story to a lot of different people, and a lot of people will say, you know what? It's, yeah, I get it, Andreas. God, you know, life is tough. It's hard. It's, it's uh, yeah, you know what? Go ahead and sit on your couch and just eat bonbons and feel sorry for yourself. You know, I get it. Let's just go have a drink because a lot of people will support that. And I remember Tony Robbins would call people out for that because that's not being a true friend. Mm. It's enabling versus disabling. Ah. Darren Gray did the opposite. I told I was started to volunteer at events and started to surround myself with people. I was broke. I had nothing. And um, I just started going to speaker events and volunteering and working backstage. And I said, you know what? I just got to rub shoulders with people doing with what I want to do. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know how, didn't know what the story was going to be, didn't know what the product was going to be. And at the end of the day, I told this the whole story of sob and woe is me to Darren Hardy. And he said, you know, Andreas, congratulations. That's your story now. Here's my question for you. What's your new story going to be? And that hit me like a ton of bricks because we every day we tell ourselves a story. The question is, is does a story tell the vision that you've always had for your life? Or is it supporting the complacency and the comfort zone that we find ourselves in because it's just simply easier? But I challenge you, is it really easier? See, to me, it's about not being easy. It's about being better, like Jim Rohn said. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I needed to learn some skills and that I needed to find a way to focus forward and use the power of transmutation because that's a beautiful, beautiful thing about all the negativeness and the naysayers and the doubters and the haters and everything else that comes out your way is that I just said, you know what, just bring it on. It's just fuel. It's mm -hmm. just fuel. And that's it. You can choose it as fuel or you can choose it as not. It's, it's your choice. Only you can allow that. And so, you know, out of all of that, um, that moment, it, it really lifted me because I still had three young kids that still looked up at me. And I remember telling them, because I want to tie this back to dads, is that when I became humble and started really stop giving a crap about the German roots that I was taught that I referenced earlier, and just started being real and raw, and relevant that it attracted a whole new dynamic my friends today tell me who knew me before then they like the new version of andreas better than the old one <laughs> um and it, it's because my identity is not wrapped up in all of those things anymore it's about making a difference and the the catalyst that turned it all around was that conversation with darren hardy and it just hit me in that moment that if if anyone that's challenged in this moment with something in their life, you really have an opportunity if you just choose to see it. And what I mean by that is in that moment with Darren Hardy is where the vision of it's only halftime, a whole new brand and a whole new community that I'm building, that I'm launching next week. Wow. Um, and this is not nice. a sales pitch for that. I want, I, you know, and that's not what I'm here for today. What I'm here to tell you is if anyone can declare a metaphorical halftime in their life, just like a team that's down at halftime that goes into the locker room can decide how they're going to come out for the second half, how they're going to go out and finish the game. Only this is no game. This is your life. Mm. And life is not a dress rehearsal. And we just treat it as such. 
I've seen it as a physician. I've seen it as an athlete. I've seen it as a dad. I've seen it now as someone who's 51 at the time of this, this video, I'll be 51 in two weeks. During all this time, I also overcame low testosterone, my own autoimmune condition that threatened the health of my kidneys that doctors wanted to medicate me on. But I said, wait a minute, nah, thanks, but no thanks, because I need to go back and take care of the fundamentals. Mm. And one of the keys that I challenge anyone with, especially in this time of COVID. Yeah. Okay. And the, the, the part that's frustrating me the most. And when I hear statistics like Marianne share that one out of 285 kids are diagnosed with cancer before the age of 21. And that that limber is growing. Should be an eye opener. That is unacceptable. I did volunteer work in a pediatric hospital once. I know exactly what she's talking about in that waiting room mm -hmm. and looking those parents in the eyes and doing rehab for these kids. Mm -hmm. It'll break your heart. It'll crush you. It's just not right to see many wheelchairs and many walkers. Mm -hmm. It's just not right. Mm -hmm. So to me, the catalyst to all is how you nourish and take care of yourself. We all have stress that comes at us when we can just choose to use it or we can choose it to destroy us. And as a healthcare practitioner, physical, chemical, and emotional stress are the root of basically all symptom disease and pathology. Period. End of story. And so many people are self-inflicting wounds by the diets they choose, the lifestyles that they live, the lack of exercise that they're doing. We're in the pandemic of our lifetime and no one is talking about nutrition, fitness, exercise, proper supplementation, nothing. Why? Yes, sir. You're, you're, yes, that's what we need to hear. We need to hear it right now. Yes. Thank you for bringing that up. I mean, I just honestly, people. Yeah. And yet I see a line out Chick-fil-A's door a mile long while people are eating processed garbage that suppress your immune system. Mm -hmm. But I've got my mask on. There's an irony there. Right? <laughs> there is. Right? I'm not here yeah. disputing. I'm not going to go into the public debate of, on the policies. But just ask yourself. You don't have to believe me. Is lockdown, shelter in place, wear your mask, stay at home, be safe, the best our medical experts can do? Or is there more that you could be doing right now? See, here's my point, is that you use the power of transmutation to be there and be present for your kids, to be an example for your kids. You need to be the change that you want to see in your children. That's right. They are going to pay attention to what you do, not what you say. And if you're not being in a living embodiment and an example of the, what you want to set for them, because it's through that period of time, I also lost my mom to cancer at 69. And then my dad, seven months later, to suicide. Mm. And I had to show up at his home. He called me and told me he was going to do it. Damn. I live in San Diego. He lives in Phoenix. I dropped everything, hopped in my truck, and flew. I'm surprised I didn't get a ticket. I was doing 100 miles an hour down the freeway on the phone, trying to talk him out of it, trying to talk him out of it, trying to talk him out of it. Sorry, it's a little bit emotional for me. No, mm -hmm. man, I feel it. Thank you. But I, I have a point for all of this. Bear with me. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Is 
then when I called him one time, he stopped picking up the phone for the last two hours of my drive. Mm. And that was brutal. And of course, I show up and I see him on the floor mm. and have to deal with that. Three months later, I entered a, I competed in a men's physique show mm. and got into the best shape of my life. I've now reversed my low testosterone. I've reversed my autoimmune condition and I've done it through nutrition, fitness, mindset and exercise. I've used everything that's negative in my life to propel me to be right here, right now in this moment to be the best shape of my life. But here's the best part of the entire story for you dads. You're capable of this too. I'm nothing freaking special. Maybe I've learned a few disciplines and a few habits, but it's a skill and all skills like Brian Tracy, my mentor told me are learnable. It's just, are you willing to do the work? Right? This is your life. And what difference can you make in your wife's life, in your children's lives, in anyone's life, in your work life, your career life, if you don't have your physical health and your well-being and your fitness? It is the most precious asset that you have. Mm -hmm. And when I went through that transformation, my kids saw this. And my son, ironically, had always struggled with his weight. And then like any other dad, you know, hey, go be with the kids. It's fun. Go have your pizza party. You know, right. go, you want to be a dad, like, you know, have <laughs> yeah. fun food, you know, and I'm a doctor and I know inside I'm going, this is killing me. How do I do I this? Know. I know. Right. Yeah. Right. And so I, we take them to the naturopath because, you know, I go to a naturopathic physician every year to check my labs because even though I have a six pack at 51 and I'm in the best shape of my life, that's not my most important metric. I make sure my kidneys are functioning normally and all my labs are in order. Period. OK, my goal is to die young as late as possible without medications, without a walker, without a wheelchair, without a freaking nursing home, much less dialysis or anything else. I want to never see a guy in a white lab coat again. I love that. Die young as late as possible. Yeah. I mean, shouldn't that <laughs> I'm going to quote it. Right? I mean, let's just, shouldn't that just be the goal? I mean, yeah. if you listen to the news today, they just say that's just not possible. No, I, I read this book and I, you know, my years of health and wellness, I remember seeing this, this book where it talked about the, the idea, this identity that we have, that age is a decline. It's, it's this slow and steady decline of health when really it could, it could be this other view of just like dropping straight off. Like this is when I die, but my health is always going to be good. And then at 100%. the very end, I'm going to die. But that's the graph that we need to look at. Not this decline graph that we all have in our head. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, yeah. if you look at my graph and I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I'll be a hundred percent honest. I've had my own yo-yo. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And if you, and you'll see it on my website when I launch, how I was in shape, out of shape, in shape, out of shape, blah, blah, blah. Right. And people say, well, healthy living is hard. Well, what healthy, what's hard is not being healthy. That's hard. Mm, right. Try the expensive cancer. Try the expensive heart disease. Try the expensive bypass surgery, mm -hmm. diabetes, strokes. That's hard. And that's mm. the road people are on. If you live the average American lifestyle, you're going to get the average American result. And every mm. disease category is on the rise in this country. Every category including children, which Marianne just talked about, is the fastest growing demographic. Yo, and so, and I, Doc, I heard, maybe you know this study, but I saw a study where it's like, um, by like 
2050 or something or 2030 2030 over like 50 something percent almost 60 percent of the american population will be like obese will be overweight you know oh, we were talking we is it already it's how much how high is that i want to know do you know those stats oh uh, not off the top of my head and i don't yeah. want to give you any wrong information sure, sure. Sure. Um, but, but I just it, know it's a huge, it, that's a pandemic in itself that no one's even talking about. That is the pandemic. And I'm, right? ironically, I'm writing a book right now and it's called The Unspoken Pandemic. Mm, I'm nice. talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's our mindset, it's how we think and feel about our most precious asset. And it's our health and well being. It's our willingness to accept personal responsibility for our health it is the number one problem I saw in my practice in treating patients. Just fix me, doc. Just give me a pill. I need to go out the door and go back to life and do what I do. That's the mentality. And I think a lot of it is the the frog in the boiling water syndrome that everybody it's has. Exactly, you know, they exactly just they, it. it's a slow boil, right? Like when the pandemic of coronavirus hit, it felt like this onslaught of like hot water fast. Let me put on a mask and hide away. But yeah. you know, with, with all the heart disease and diabetes, that's been the slow boil. And even with the teens experiencing the depression and anxiety. And everything that teens are going through statistically right. um well, it's a slow boil yeah and let me bring this to the kids because i know this is a really important part of your podcast and my yes. and you know i'm a father and by the way did your daughter connect with my daughter i have to i have to double check with her you know she okay. um sometimes hesitates on things like that so i gotta follow sure. through but hey my but, daughter said anytime yeah okay. i appreciate that so here's the thing is you know, my son, as I was telling you, struggled with his weight and we took him to a naturopath and we discovered that he was he was about 40 pounds overweight at 14. Um, and uh, he was already insulin resistant mm. and which if anybody knows is a pre-diabetic state mm. at 14. He was at high risk for metabolic syndrome, which is a whole host of problems of blood glucose levels, waist circumference, insulin resistance and so forth. And that's one of the deadliest conditions out there is metabolic syndrome. It's growing at epidemic levels, including kids. Mm -hmm. And so I had always encouraged him to go to the gym and said, they said, I want to talk to you dads for a minute. I'm going to call you guys out. I love you, but you got to start living by example because these kids right now are lost. They're lost in their phones. They're lost mm -hmm. in social media world. They're lost in fantasy land. And I've seen it in my own kids. And I, we're a very active family. I still am very active. And when you talked about that slope, I honestly still think mine's going up because I'm still racing professional jet skis with pro riders at the age <laughs> of 51 and holding my own. And I'm proud of that. That's awesome. Right? And why not? Why can't we? Why do I have to be like every other 50-year-old that's out there, you know? I don't, I want to be the change, right? So be the change for your kids because I kept encouraging my son. Now, here's the thing with kids that I've discovered because I haven't always been perfect. I am tough. My daughter shunned me for years. She lived with her mom instead because things were maybe a little bit easier there and I was a little tougher. Mm -hmm. We just started repairing our relationship, but she's, she's good. Yeah. She got accepted at the University of Southern California. She wants to be an attorney. She's in Paris right now studying in her first year abroad. At 18 years old, she's living abroad by herself. That is so cool. That is yeah, so yeah. cool. Like, cool. Holy Congratulations, yes. Dad. Good Congrats. job, Dad. Congrats, yeah. Dad. That's what I'm going to say. Good job, Very, very proud. Now, yeah. but then I've still got two other boys. Now, my stepson, for my, my wife currently, you know, I've always been there trying to encourage him. He's a slower role. 
The thing is, is that you have to be constantly involved in their life. Yeah. You need to find ways to get them out of their fantasy land. And for my my one son, Caden, who was pre-diabetic with insulin resistance, was always being picked on at school and bullied and name called and all kinds of stuff. And he would come crying to me. He didn't want to go to school. He was getting in trouble in school, his attitude, learning, everything was affected. And so I just kept encouraging, hey, when you want to eat this instead, hey, do you want to eat with me? Hey, do you want to go to the gym with me instead? Come with me to the gym. You know, and he would come here and there. Mm -hmm. But he wasn't consistent. He would fall back off again. Mm -hmm. right? yeah, he was only 12 or 13 at the time. Right. And, but I, here's the one thing I did really well is I never ridiculed him for not doing it. Mm. I was always positive. Mm. Hey, do you want to go? Okay, next time. Hey, next time. And I just kept inviting, kept at him. But the big thing is he saw my transformation and how I handled my stress in my life. Mm. Right? And so when it came time to, when he hit his breaking point, he said, enough's enough, dad. I can't deal with this anymore. I see how you handled losing, you know, grandma and grandpa and what you went through and what you were able to do with it. Can I do the same thing with all the stress that I'm feeling? That's literally what he said. Amen. Right there. Right. Yeah. It's going to take. Right. Now this was when school was still back in sessions. Right. But he did this in middle school. He was an eighth grader at the end of eighth grade, the last three months of school, we would wake up at four 30 in the morning and he was living at his mom's house. Cause it was closer to the gym that we were going to in La Costa. And so I would get up at four in the morning and I would have all of his meals prepped. His whole lunch was made for him. And so no processed food, no junk food, no garbage, no sugar, no sodas, no cans, no vaping, none of that. Good. Right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. None of that. Good old fashioned. I know here it is. Lean protein, fruits and vegetables. I know it's really hard. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so that's what he ate. But here's the best part. It blew me away. He never missed a workout because I was picking him up at the door at five in the morning before mm -hmm. school. Mm -hmm. And we worked out every single day for three months. He lost 40 pounds, about 38 pounds. Wow. And he showed up because we did this over through the summer. He showed up at his freshman year at high school with a whole new look that people, when they walked to him, were like, holy cow, is that Katie? <laughs> right? And he had this little swag going, you know, almost like, you know, Conor McGregor thing. You know? <laughs> right? And uh, I just sat back as a dad and I was like, oh, my God, I'm so proud of this kid. He took his shirt off in front of people. He would never do that. Right? His self-esteem, I mean, it's through the roof and the confidence. But here's the best part and why I use fitness as a vehicle for all my personal coaching and transformation. Yeah. Is that when you learn the discipline to achieve a transformation in health and wellness and fitness, it's the same discipline for anything you want to achieve in life. Mm -hmm. And it will fuel that because you have the clarity, you have the health, you have the mind, you have the focus, you have the energy and the stamina, because look, it's a tough world, right? There's no prize for second place. There are no participation trophies in the real world, no matter what they want to say, right? 
This is it. And now my son is addicted to working out in a good way because I do keep that in check that he doesn't go on the other side of that extreme. He's eating well. And we're still right now. We were just sitting today in my kitchen. I'm pointing to my kitchen like you can see it. Um, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> it's like doing a little disco. <laughs> anyway, we're sitting there on our laptops because he wants to start a business from home. You know, because everything is, see, here's what I mean. In darkness is opportunity. This is when yeah. the brightest lights can shine. And I'll end with this and I'll answer any questions they have. Is that um, because he's doing the online learning, he's going to be finishing early. He has so much freaking time on his hands. It's hard to get a job because places aren't hiring. It's just weird world right now that we're in. And I want to teach him work ethic. Like, you need to go. Like, this is... You're not sitting at home just gaming and fortniting all night. You, no, <laughs> sorry. Mm -hmm. Right? You know, I've got them working in my yard, um, doing landscaping. You, you got, you know, I fired my landscaper. I gave him the job. I want you to learn hard labor so that it motivates nice. you to become an entrepreneur. <laughs> That's Heck why yeah. I'm doing it. Oh, yeah. Heck yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. So, but now he wants to do online e commerce and do fulfillment by Amazon. I said, okay, are you committed? You've shown me you can commit to something, right? And I said, here's what it's going to take. So now we have an appointment in the kitchen every morning at 9 a.m. for two hours. We work on the FBA. We go through the course together. We're researching products so that we can resell them on Amazon. My goal is to have him making $10,000 a month before he's 18. That's less than a year from now. And I think he can do it. Nice. And I think anyone can. Absolutely. Right. Because, you know, if you've lost your job or something's have been shut down, hey, might be the biggest freaking blessing you've ever had. You probably right. didn't like the job anyway. So go <laughs> and do something that you really want. Right. It's your life. Right. Don't believe the doom and gloom that's out there. And I think the best habit that we've gotten into in our home that I've done is I'll literally take my phone and I put it on airplane mode from about 9 a.m. to about 5 I don't even look at it. I don't turn on the freaking TV and I just do work mm -hmm. and I just do positive work because if you just stay glued to the clickbait headlines and negativity that's out there, it will suck you in. It sucked me in. And I, I literally had to say, whoa, wait a minute, I got to stop this and say, you know what? I got to get this message out on what the real pandemic is that no one is talking about. I'm not minimizing the current pandemic. Don't misunderstand me. And of course, anyone's lost anyone for anything. But hey, I lost parents to the flu. Yeah. I didn't go necessarily locking down, you know. Mm -hmm. But you know, the thing is, is that you need to find whatever it is that you have that you still have that hope onto and go for it. And for the kids and for the teens, find ways to be engaged with them, find ways to get them offline, get them out of fantasy land and social media world. It's depressing. It, my, my, it, it's, I've done the same happen with my son. Your phone's off. We're doing work. I don't want to see Snapchatting. I don't want to see any of that. It's work time, right? Oh, yeah. And so I think the biggest thing that you can do when you're down is the first step to transformation is to raise your standards. Mm. That's it. Raise your standards on what you're capable of, what you can still do, and how you choose to come out of the locker room. 
you know, in any sporting event, some of the biggest knockouts or the biggest wins or the biggest points are always scored towards the end of the game. And you have that ability and you can choose right now. You can declare a metaphorical halftime and walk through that veil and say, you know what? This is it. This is my life. And here's where I'm going. And then just don't quit. It only takes longer. I'll leave it there. Man. That was awesome, man. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Hey, no, that was that was incredible. Um, I'm, I'm actually I'm, I'm going to type your website into the chat button right now. What is your website, or how can people get a hold of you? So right now, I just have a landing page. It's drandreas.com. D R Andreas A N D R E A S. Mm -hmm. um, that site should go live next week. But if you want to stay tuned on what I'm doing and what I have coming up, um, enter in your name and email and I will email everyone that's when the site goes live. I'm going to have a ton of free resources on there, training tools. I'm just getting started. Oh, I'm going to want that. Let's do that. Let's get that in the chat. Let's get that in the chat. And, you know, Doc, there's one thing we like to do towards the end is yes. if there's if there's something you know because you talk about using your challenges as fuel and using it as a catalyst to make change we have a lot of dads out there you know and i've experienced this myself is can you give us just like a quick for them five or six practical things they can do every day you know what i mean to show mm -hmm. up and turn turn what they're going through into something yeah. that way they can they can kind of live that life and how you've been able to transform can you please oh, provide us I mean, let's give them some bullet list. I'll write it out in the chat. Let's give them something from like A to B. Like when you wake up, till you go to bed, do these yeah. things. And let me get that in there for them because we love to give them something that they can yeah, use. Yeah, some of those disciplines, you know what I mean? right? Some Super of those practical. So let's okay, hear it. I'm, go. I'm gonna All use right. it too. I'm gonna, this is for me as well. So I'm gonna be a little selfish. Yeah. Let's get it. No, it's good. And, and I'm gonna give every dad out there permission to be a little selfish, okay? Right? Mm -hmm. if you're not taking care and feeling full yourself. You're not gonna be the the man of the home or the person or the spouse or the father that you could be period yeah and so um here's what here are my here's my bullet list and i'm just making this up as i go okay a great day starts the night before go to bed early mm. number one you need proper rest and sleep and recovery okay Get those eight hours of sleep. I know there are a lot of gurus out there saying, oh, you can get away with four hours and five hours. Nonsense, hogwash. Okay, <laughs> go to bed early, get plenty of good rest. Focus on getting a good night's sleep. Step two, get up earlier. Okay, step number three is be grateful for what you have in your life. Wake up with gratitude. Don't pick up your phone first thing in the morning and scroll through endless Facebook posts and social media or Instagram or emails or any of that, right? Be grateful, have a great gratitude practice. For some, you may wanna meditate while you're doing that, that's fine. It's about just waking up and having awareness, okay? My step four on that is I'm huge about taking care of your fitness. Do something physical first thing, mm. okay? I don't care if it's just a walk 10 minutes out the door and 10 minutes back. I don't care if you're just doing stand at home pushups. You don't have access to a gym right now. There's plenty of YouTube videos on how to do a quick home workout. Yeah. Please. Okay. There's plenty of things you can do, but do something for yourself. Okay. Mm. Um, step number five is then fuel your body with a power breakfast. Yeah. And I know there's a lot and there's different schools of thoughts and ketogenic and vegan and, 
and you know intermittent fasting and, and and i talk about i'll talk about all that stuff on my website that's just too big of a topic right now right all right but you know fuel your body properly that is fundamentally important okay and then the uh, the next step with that is turn off all the distractions we're so easily distracted i, I think one of the best habits that i've gotten myself into is that I don't bother checking my phone until the end of the day. There's nothing mm. pressing or an emergency that needs to get done. Mm. Um, if you do, here's the thing. If you do work by your phone and you do have to check an email, here's one tip that I have for you. Before you do, be disciplined to only do that task. Mm. I'm sure we have all picked up the phone and said, I just want to check my email. And then you see that red notification icon on social media and you all of a sudden you're in fa Facebook land and you forgot why you picked up your phone in the first place. Guilty, guilty. Right? And then an hour has gone by. A lot of people sit there and tell me, oh, I don't have time for exercise, doc. Uh -huh. Right, okay. But yet with the average American spends four to six hours a day on their phone. Yeah. I'm um, please. Don't tell me you don't have time. Because if I would have told you I was going to invent a device that's going to take four to six hours of your day away, right, you would all laugh at me, mm. right? So that is really clear. Then the other key component of all of this is invest in yourself. Be a steward to your mind. Be careful of what you allow into it and who you listen to. That, that is absolutely critical if you're going through a hard phase. I listen to a lot of Tony Robbins, a lot of my friend Brian Tracy, Darren Hardy, you know, whoever it is, I don't care if it's me or I don't care if it's Forrest or Bo or Marianne or anyone, whoever lifts you, is that's what you want to focus on because there are, you want to start surrounding yourself with people that are wanting to do what you want to do. Mm. Okay, I had plenty of people along the way, happy that I was broke, happy that I lost it all, called me a quack, I wasn't a real doctor, mm. right? Happy that I had emergency back surgery, that I couldn't do Ironmans anymore. Jeez. Those are the viruses in your life. Mm -hmm. Well, that's <laughs> Can that's arguably be more dangerous. Yeah, there's the haters. The haters are out there, man. That's the real They're haters. And, you know, the way that I kind of look at it is like, I'm not making a difference if I don't have some haters. That's true. Yeah. That's right. The, that's the, the, the life of uh, quiet desperation that so many, you know, they, they lead this life of quiet desperation because they don't want to displease others. So they spend their whole life people pleasing. Right. And I was exactly. so guilty of that. So long. Exactly. Now yeah. I catch myself. I'm like, why did I say yes when I could have said no? Saying right. no yeah. is one of the most powerful things you can do for yourself. That's mm -hmm. exactly it. Yo, That's exactly I mean, it. I'm mm -hmm. telling you, I still, right. still to this day, you know what I mean? Battle with that. So thanks, Doc. <laughs> that yeah. was fire. Yeah. Man. No, I mean, and the thing is, you clean out your pantry. You At the end of the day, look, nutrition's not hard, people. <laughs> it's really not. Stop saying it. You know, we all know that we should exercise and then we just sit on the couch and wait for that feeling to go away. Right. So 
the thing is, is fuel your body, fuel your mind, take care of your body, invest in yourself, be disciplined with who you surround yourself with. Don't be afraid to say no, mm. right? Stick to your values, raise your standards, and for your kids, be the change that you want to see in them. And then be consistent. That's the right biggest there. there. Consistency, yeah, that felt that. You know what I mean? That's the biggest, you know, that's the small incremental margin of error that builds up into this compounding mechanism when you look back and you were like, if I was just a bit more consistent, you know what I that's, mean? Yeah. That, that's really all it is. And it doesn't mean I don't fall off the wagon, but I don't beat myself up, right? Don't, mm. right? Don't feel guilty. You say, okay, you know what? I was off today. Tomorrow's a new day. Here we go. Halftime, baby. I'm coming out, right? How are you going to play this game? Let's do it. it. Let's do it. Let's play the game. This is for real. This is our one life. Let's let's give it all we got. Let's be there for our kids by oh, being yeah. there first for ourselves, right? Dr. Andreas Betcher. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, guys. I, awesome. I hope it delivered value. I'd love to see the comments and feedback in there. Uh, wherever you post this, let me know for us. Yes. If anybody watching has questions, I'll do my best to respond to them all there. And uh and for, last but not least, you know, I just want to encourage everyone um, to continue believing. And I've always left a lot of my talks where, you know, just believe anything is still possible. Have the discipline and the courage to see them through. And whatever you do, always finish strong. Nice. Dr. Andreas, thank you so much for uh, giving us your wisdom. Bro, Bo actually put all your tips into the chat box. We're nice. going to be... Uh, continuing to share this content out. And uh, we're also gonna repurpose it soon when we launch our, our YouTube channel. That's gonna coincide with the podcast. So you're gonna be on YouTube as well. So we're gonna continue to share this content out because more and more people need to hear this. So I wanna thank you. And I wanna thank Marianne for sharing what she's doing with the One Voice Foundation. It's incredible. We're gonna continue to promote you and your, um, your, your gift to the world, really, Marianne, for the entire month and, and in perpetuity after that as well. So thank you guys for being on the, the Parent Teen Mindset Show with Forrest and Bo. Give yourselves a pat on the back. Nice job. Hello. Thank you, it was good. It was good. And so right. Forrest, what do we what do we want to leave our, you know, we got a couple minutes. So what do we want to leave? What do we want to leave our audience with today? You know, let's let's end it with something and you know, I, let's I, let's wrap it up. Yeah, I I want to just, you know, give some gratitude since we're focusing on it to the dads. I mean, a lot yeah. of times dads, um, you know, a lot of the moms get the self-care stuff. A lot of the moms get the focus. And, you know, I spent all my career looking after moms and women, but, you know, I've also done stuff for dads along the years. We used to have this transformation program. I remember it was called Ripped Dads and it was like a 12 week program. And we had these dads coming in that, you know, they were kind of beating themselves up and they were over overweight, 40, 50, 60 pounds overweight. And you would see these transformations and this camaraderie and this, um, you know, this this uh, brotherhood with the men that that would happen. And uh, I think it's a good thing, you know. Um, yeah, like a lot of people talk about toxic masculinity, masculinity these days, and I think that is a thing that we have to worry about uh, at some point. But really, um, what is being a man? You know, somebody was posting that on Facebook the other day. Being a man to me is not about, you know, this this idea of being a tough guy. Being a man to me is, is you know, just admitting your faults, um, you know, riding the waves of life and doing the best that you can with the tools that you have at the time that you have them. And, um, and really, you know, um, like the doctor said, you know, uh, just 
take your mess and turn it into a message because we all have that mess. What is your mess? What, what did you fall in? Did you step into some dog shit? I know I have before. Have you created a mess for your life that you, you feel guilty about? I know I have before. So how do you turn that around now, right? Because um, yeah, like the doctor said, this is your halftime, wherever you're at. If you think of it as a halftime, go back in the locker room, you know, re redo your plan and come out strong, baby. This is it. This is your life. So that's my takeaway. How about you, Bo? Yeah, I mean, I just saw really, you know, for both of our guests, I want to send some gratitude. And I just, we have two human beings that have spent a life of really serving others. But I know that both of you had to learn to serve yourselves first mm. through some very hard challenges. And, um, you know, Marianne, you're doing that in the community where you had to learn to overcome that. And now you're providing all of those services, right? You had to go through it. So now you're providing it to so many families. And thank you. And Doc, you're doing the same thing. Thank you for those tips. I just saw, you know, two human beings that lifted my spirit today. And I will never forget this this talk. And I want to tell you, thank you so much for being on here. Uh, and I appreciate you guys very much. Yes, thank you. And thank you to our listeners. Thank you. Uh, Linda and Kaylee and uh, Laura and everyone else that's watching right now and and uh, that go ahead and share this out share this out to some friends tag some dads that you know this is for the dads right tag it up share it up with some dads and uh, thank you have a good night everyone peace see ya Bye -bye.